0: so stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs it's time for another episode of the podcast
1: that's nearly the same
0: as all the others
1: Wendy Presser at Magical Journeys Travel is proud to be a sponsor of the After Dark Podcast Network whether you've been to Disney one or a hundred times there's still lots of planning involved let Wendy be the one on at midnight when your window opens to get that "Be Guest" reservation, or that coveted Anna and Elsa fast pass for your own princess, mention that you heard this ad on one of our podcasts and get twenty five dollars off your deposit with any trip package. Be sure to ask about her generous onboard credits for Disney Cruise Lines as well. Find her on Twitter at wpmagicjourneys or WPMagicJourneys.com dot Warning. Welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. I am Nick, and thank you very much again for joining us. Um, this week we are joined by uh, Miss Amanda.
2: Hi.
1: We are joined by the bombastic bad boy P-Dubs. Hello. <laughs> and we are joined... It didn't sound very bombastic. It didn't sound... <laughs> uh, considering not, I, I went the extra mile there, I'm quite disappointed with that. And <laughs> <laughs> and joining us uh, after uh, getting a plane back from Pandora is Mr. Paul Dolan.
3: That was a bloody long flight in economy from Pandora. <laughs> I think it's about seven light years.
1: <laughs> was it Banshee Airways?
3: Oh yeah, all the way.
1: Hey, look at that showing I've got some knowledge about, uh, about Avatar, look or, at me.
3: Or, or, or an Ikran Airways. Oh, is that what it is? To get technical. Yeah, okay. Well, it's both. They say both. It's oh, a Banshee yes. or it's a Nickeran.
1: Yeah, because actually I saw um, I saw some on-ride footage the other day of the um, right. of the flight, and, and yeah, they say that in the in the video, don't they? They called it both names. You're quite right. Yeah. Well, right, we've got a hell of a lot to talk about this week, so with that in mind, we'd better start the show off as we do each and every week by saying, what is everybody drinking and who wants to go first?
3: Uh, I've already gone first, no, sorry.
2: No, I'm drinking.
1: So, so what are you going I'm off best. So what are you going for, Mr D?
3: Copperberg. Uh, I'm on the Copperberg. Won the won my third one.
1: What what flavour?
3: Um, I've had mixed berries, mixed berries, mixed fruit, but now I'm on the strawberry and lime.
1: Classic combination.
3: Um, Very Amanda, nice. It's too. Going Amanda, down nicely.
1: Amanda, I'm guessing by your, your comment there that you might be drinking your usual... And future show sponsor Bud Light, by any chance? Uh,
2: No. Oh. I'm drinking regular Budweiser.
1: (laughs) The Bud Light has (laughs) run out.
2: Well, I just couldn't be bothered going to Tesco to buy any, really, so I went to a different shop and they only had this. But have you seen that there's a Bud Light advert now on TV?
1: I have not, but I just want to mention, before anyone sues us, other supermarkets are, of course, available. Um, There's an advert, is there?
2: Yeah, it's the same one that was on years ago for regular Budweiser, the one with the frogs. Oh,
1: Lloyd. Uh, I've, um, I've seen the online advert um, of the frogs, but I haven't seen it on TV, so that's interesting. So they're actually promoting it this time, because the last time we got Bud Light over here, for about, I don't know, eight or nine months, it just appeared. There was no advertising, no social media presence or anything, so... Hmm, looks like they are actually giving it a good go this year so that's uh, that's interesting we'll see how that goes And um, pulled Dubs, what are you drinking
0: right now that the training's in full gear i am drinking a nice cold bottle of leucazide
1: oh God i can't i can't do this well i don't mind orange leucaide i'll be honest but um yeah regular leukose just just doesn't do it for me at all. Well but... it's
0: it's not the regular one, it's uh, I've got
1: the Caribbean punch thing. Ooh. Cachow. Um yeah ooh. we've got a f we've got a friend that's helping us do some home repairs at the moment and he is like a family friend and he's got to be about 71 72 But he acts like a twenty five year old in what he's actually capable of. He's just a complete workles. But he lives on Lucas, like he must drink about two or three bottles while he's over. Um, for oh. a few hours, it, it, it's Bye. crazy. Keeps him going. Maybe How does awesome. he sleep? Badly. Clearly. <laughs> I'd assume. I'd assume. Um, I am drinking because I I can only go to my local shop stay I've ended up with an unusual choice for me, but not for many others, and that's orange Tango. A bit classic. But normal on... I feel like I've
2: had Tango for like ten years.
1: Uh, it's, good. it's good. It's nice for change. I prefer Cherry Tango out of all of them. No. Actually, apple, cherry, orange is my preference, but you don't get apple or cherry very much. You have to kind of look look out for it. So, um, that's, apple tango is the worst. Right, we're not talking to Amanda anymore. I, I, I'm in control. <laughs> I can mute her, so that's good. Um, so, as I mentioned, there was a lot of things that have happened over the last week or so. It's crazy that we can now do a podcast on an almost weekly basis and... There's lots of stuff to talk about, which I think is quite phenomenal. Um, I also think we should advertise the fact that we're probably the UK's only almost weekly podcast as well for Disney. Mm-hmm. Rather than okay. bi-monthly rubbish that some of our competitors do on monthly. So, um, yeah, maybe we should get out on a T-shirt. Um, now, where should we start? Um, Paul, did you see Pirates of the Caribbean? I did. Excellent. I saw it on Monday. Should we talk about that first, or should we go into one of your news stories first? We can talk about Pirates first. Okay. I think that's pretty big news. I think it's pretty big news. Yeah. Has anybody else seen Pirates? Is it just been Peter? I've got a
3: question for you. Go for it. So we're going to the movies on Friday. Pirates or
1: Baywatch? Right. So from what I've heard about Baywatch, Pirates...
2: Um, okay. Well, Matt Corn said Baywatch sucks, and I believe Matt Corn, so I'm going to say Pirates.
1: Yeah, I um, I really wanted to go and see Baywatch, and, and me and my wife were going to go and see it, and then the reviews came in because I thought the trailer looked really funny, but apparently the trailer yeah. is really funny. Um, right. The film with Delph is is pretty terrible. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, I don't know. Uh, me and me and Paul have not talked about pirates other than just then where we just confirmed we've both seen it i saw it last night um did you see it in 2d or 3d paul 2d 2d okay i saw it so i got that to play on as well so um i'm i i'd say you're probably a bigger pirates fan than me i think where we've talked about Pirates before of the of the actual franchise i'm really only a fan of the first half of two and that's about it um I didn't like 3 or 4 very much at all. found 3 very boring. Uh, 4 was okay, but it was still uh, quite poor in comparison. Um, so that's that's how I feel about the Pirates franchise. And I saw the trailer for this one. I was quite excited for it. I actually thought it looked pretty decent. Um, and so we went to see it, as I said, last night. Um, personally, I really enjoyed it. I was actually quite surprised in how much um, I enjoyed it. It, it kind of... Okay, I didn't have high expectations, but it exceeded the expectations I had, and it felt like the first, for me at least, truly good sequel to a Pirates film. I would agree. Hmm. Oh, interesting. I thought we might have some conflict there. Okay, that's good. No, no I certainly agree. There were a few things that's... that I didn't like. Sorry, Paul, what were you going to say? I
3: was, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that. I'm a bit surprised, but I'm pleased to hear it.
1: Well, what's been interesting about it is um, it opened up pretty much everywhere last Friday. Um, mm. Usually, like, films often have a bit of a staggered release by a week or so. Uh, but Pirates has pretty much opened up in all its main markets already. Um, and it's it's done massive business in China. It's become, like, the... Ni- I think it was, like, the ninth biggest film of all time or something, opening. or mm. It's definitely in the top 20, anyway. Um but in America, it's not done quite as well. I think it opened up over the four days to 76 million, which is the lowest since the first Pirates film. Um, but it's been better reviewed overall than I think the last couple. Um, so it be interesting to see how it goes, but it's already made 260 million worldwide. So it's made back its production budget obviously has to make two times that for it to be seen as a success. Um, so I mean, it was a very expensive film. Although I will say, you could kind of see where the money went. Because yeah. A lot of definitely. practical sets, um, not just the, the the ships, but you know where they filmed and everything. You know they, they'd spend just a lot the, of
0: money. Just the opening
1: scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think anything, any of it, kind of took place on the island actually. Um, when you first kind of encounter Jack. Now, there, there were although I've been quite positive, there are a few things I'm not, I wasn't quite uh, happy about with the film. Um, how did you feel about Jack Sparrow in this film? Uh, I think he was a little bit diluted.
0: I didn't think he was quite as in your face as he has been in
1: previous films. Hmm. I've got to say, it, it feels like a bit of a film of two halves. At the beginning of the film, you get very drunken Jack Sparrow, oh. and I Can found I him. him. Huh? Oh. I... I don't. Know going, I don't know um, um. So I found I found him very boring at the beginning. Oh, sorry, not very boring. Very annoying at the beginning. Um, I didn't like drunk Captain Jack. He was really aggravating me. But as the film went on. I kind of warmed him a bit more, but it was interesting that he wasn't kind of the main focus. But I think in some ways that's the kind of way I'd like to see the Pirates franchise go, if it's yeah. going to continue. I, where he's like a side it's the end. way the first film was. Hmm. First film, he wasn't always front and center. Yeah,
0: and I think that was the, the issue people had with the sequels was that he
1: did become the main focus. It's a bit like The Simpsons, where Bart Simpson was the focus in the early seasons, and then it was, you know, once they realised how funny Home was, uh, that was it. So, you know, it's, yeah, I think that's the way they need to go, personally. I think if they're going to continue, that's what they need to do. Um, The one thing that annoyed me in the first half of the film as well is Paul McCartney. (laughs) Now, I mean it's not a secret so this isn't you know I, I don't think we am going to go into spoiler territory for you Mr no. D but Paul McCartney was advertised as being in the film which is fine but I felt <laughs> his part in the film was completely bolted on like, I just didn't think it was necessary at all and you knew full well who he was going to be playing just from the picture yeah that they released yeah I just I, I didn't think it was particularly funny I thought the joke was quite funny actually but it just felt, and it was playing a Beatles song. It's true, but it just felt what? so shoehorned in that it just wasn't funny. No, it,
0: it wasn't on out. the same standards. As, yeah,
1: it wasn't the same standards as Keith Richards, who apparently was approached first, and because yeah, it doesn't me. Uh, because he wasn't available for filming. That's all I went for Paul apparently, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought the new cast were pretty good overall. Didn't have too many issues with them. I didn't find them particularly annoying. Quite easy on the eye um, for both male and females. That's good. Um, As I said, I watched it in 3D. Um, Some of the 3D effects are quite good actually, especially with the um, the ghost pirates um, because there was lots of things kind of floating, and in the 3D you kind of got that bit of depth where it was uh, you know things kind of almost blowing out at you. So that was quite cool. Um, But I wouldn't say it needed to be seen in 3d you know it, it didn't add that much to it but um you know it, it wasn't either way a bad film to see in 3d anyway it was quite a good use of it um and I suppose really did you stay to the 3d end credits by the way I did yeah okay I wish I yeah. had um but it does lead the way you know the whole film to me it is it, strange because it feels like the end yeah, but also a new beginning, which is a bit of a, an oxymoron, but that's what it is. Um, and I'd like to think if they do continue the franchise, they do go with this younger kind of cast. That you know, what, they've already said they won't do a, a Pirates about Jack anyway. Yeah. But he needs, and they can't though. No, it's it's what it's it's built on. But I think he needs to be the uh, the sidekick rather than the focus. Yeah. Um, but that's why I think it was a, a better film overall for me because he was put to the side a bit more yeah. can uh, you this,
2: like in in with all of the pirates films where would you put this
0: I think we're both going to say the same because I saw what you saw you said the other day Nick yeah
1: so I would say it's probably my second favorite
0: yeah
1: yeah, agree. yeah. Mm. I think it's a shame that it's not it's not it's not flopped in America by any means and it's already doing well globally um but I think it's a shame that it may not do as well as it should do, and that's because every pirate sequel has kind of been a little bit worse than the last one, so it's been a diminishing return um but i, I really enjoyed it, and in fact, I'll tell you what um without spoiling anything, my favorite bit was the guillotine scene, yeah, I thought that, that was that was really fun. good um actually w well, i want I wanted to talk about something else, but I uh... Is it a spoiler? There's a flashback sequence. Is that a spoiler? That was in the trailer. Oh, okay, good. So in that case, I'll spoil it. So, um... <laughs> la, 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 <laughs> should, should, should watch the trailer. Go uh, ahead. Do and your worst. There's a flashback scene, uh which is good because it goes into detail about how Captain Jack Sparrow came to be a captain, essentially, uh, and also how he got his name. Um, which was very good, and it was another use of that new technology that they uh, have kind of perfected. I think I really do think they've, yeah. they've perfected it with this uh, de aging process. So yeah. To see a younger Johnny Depp. Um, yeah. Whilst I thought it was really good, and again I thought it was really well done for the most part. It looked like realistic. Um, probably about ninety of the, percent of the sequence. My only bugbear is I feel that that is Disney's new gimmick, in the same way that every Disney cartoon now has to have the main character as a, as a toddler.
0: I thought you were going to say that every Disney cartoon
1: now has to look like Ren and Stimpeg. I wish it did. <laughs> I wish it did. I think every Disney cartoon should, including Frozen 2. But do you, know, do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. I think it started with Tangled. That might be been the first one, where... They've got, and this is, a, this is more merchandising, but um, they do a range of dolls in Disney store which are called animation dolls. And the animation dolls, I don't know why they're called animation dolls either, actually, but these animation dolls are dolls of Disney characters as toddlers. And every single Disney film now has to have a sequence with that where you see the character mm. as a toddler. And it drives me nuts because it's often unnecessary. You know, every,
2: I feel like I haven't noticed
1: that. that. That's interesting, and maybe it's because I've got kids, so I'm I'm very aware of these dolls. Every time you go, go into a Disney store, there's a, you know, and there's a new Disney film, there's one of those out. So you know, Moana, there's one. Um, Frozen, you get the two girls. Um, Tangled, as I said, um, Princess and Frog was another one. So it seems to be like a continuing theme in in all of these Disney films now, that they have to do that. And I'm feeling that this the ageing process is what they're now having to do. They have to do a flashback in every Marvel or Disney film to show this analogy off.
0: It's three Marvel films now I've done it, out of about the last six.
1: Mm. Which seems a bit of an overkill. Yeah, I mean, mean, it's, it's great, but I'm just worried it's going to be a bit too much see they do they did it in Rogue One as well obviously but yeah. Rogue One makes complete sense because it's a prequel so it's yeah. not a flashback but they just seem to try and shoehorn this stuff in yeah it's great but I don't really feel it's that necessary to be honest the only thing I wish to go back and do it to is Tron because when you go back and see Tron uh, Tron Legacy I mean it looks so shit in comparison to what they can now do with it and that's over seven years that that's changed to what it's become now. So uh, that's something. But anyway, um, yep, so these two guys, we, we, we give Pirates a thumbs up. So, um, yeah, give it a go. That's what we say. Good stuff. Now, Mr. D, you've been away. Yeah. You've had an excellent time. You've done us some <coughs> lovely bits of audio that we put out as little bonus episodes. Um, yeah. So, although you've... You've gone into a bit of detail with some stuff. Uh, yeah. Tell us about your time.
3: Okay, happy to. Yeah. Um, so it was a little bit um, of a different trip for us. I think most people know that um, my youngest daughter is working there as a cast member in Epcot. So myself and my wife, Kerry, we, we visited Heather. And she booked us the Coronado Springs um and how actually stayed with us in Coronado Springs. Have any of you guys stayed there? That's the first time we'd stayed there.
1: No, never done it. No.
3: Right. We were. I mean, we'd heard mixed things about it. It's a it's a moderate resort, um, but it's a convention resort as well. So we'd heard some people say it's it's too big, it's too sprawling. Um, the convention people mix up with the holiday makers, and some people didn't like that. But I've got to say we. We absolutely loved it. We thought it was a stunning resort. It's set around a massive lake, and you've got there's a centre which has got some pretty good facilities. There is a there is a big conference centre there, but um, I didn't think it took anything away from the from the holiday feel for us. And we had requested rooms in the cabanas area. So there's three different. Themed areas, cabanas, uh, casitas, and rancheros. Um, so you got the big lake. You got a, there's a jogging track around that. There's a gym. You can hire sunny bikes. Um, there's a restaurant there, food court. Uh, there's a bar, Rick's Lounge, which a previous guest, Nick, remember the guy that wrote the book about the Disney World lounges. Mm he liked Rick's Lounge quite a bit I think oh, right. um, so yeah I really, really loved the resort, uh, we were there for 17 nights uh, flew BA uh, so we'd definitely recommend Coronado Springs, the only thing I would say is as we were leaving they, they were literally starting uh, a major construction project so they're building a new wing near the convention center and we're told that they're going to put a restaurant in the middle of the lake on an island and they're going to have three bridges linking from from the shore to the restaurant so could be quite spectacular i just hope they don't mess it up because it is a it's a fantastic resort so uh if you're thinking about going to Coronado Springs, just be aware there is quite a lot of construction work that's just kicking off right now, um, and uh, hopefully it would not impact anybody too much. But just to be aware, mm. uh, we have got the new Magic Bands, which I think are the Magic Band Two, which is really quite slim, and you can there's two little screws, and you can take out the center piece, which is the which is the piece that's got the chip in it. And you can mix and match the the centerpiece with other bands or you can put them on like a necklace or a lanyard that goes around your neck. We didn't bother, but um, I gotta say that the technology on the magic bands is is really slick and you kind of take it for granted, but we had taken up uh, annual passes when we were there six months ago and we ordered our new magic bands. We didn't do. It anything or tell anybody that we had annual passes but when we got there our annual passes were on the new bands you can obviously use them for going into the parks for buying stuff as a room key for your fast passes for your photo pass i mean it's so slick and seamless um that you don't even really notice it and uh you know very impressive i thought uh what else? We didn't have a dining plan this time. First time we haven't had a dining plan for a long time.
1: Yeah, I can't. Remember and the last time you've been without one.
3: Yeah, yeah, but it was it was good. It was different. I mean, I did actually keep all the receipts just so I could add them up and see what it see what it looks like. But I haven't done that yet. I'm going to do it. Um, but from the few days that I have done, it, it didn't look much different between the dining plan and just buying. Stuff. I mean, we tended to have uh, breakfast in our room or, or actually, you know, we, we kept the stuff in the room, but we went down to the, we, we were right by our local quiet pool. So we'd have breakfast by the pool in the morning. Um, and then we'd just buy a counter service lunch. We didn't tend to buy um, much else. We didn't buy any desserts at lunchtime. Uh, and we did tend to go for a, for a meal at night. Usually it was a table service. Um, so we, I guess, we kind of ate in a similar fashion to how we would have eaten with a dining plan. And one of the things that that we found as an advantage was if we went for a table service meal, um, and we didn't fancy the dessert, we just leave the des- you know we wouldn't buy a dessert, and then later on we'd have something in the parks or at the boardwalk or Disney Springs or somewhere like that. So consequently, I think I overdosed on ice cream (laughs) during the holiday. So you're (laughs) going to
1: be getting diabetic anytime soon? I
3: I think so, yeah. I think uh, think I've been popping insulin injections since the holiday, yeah. But uh, we tried uh, Ample Hills at the boardwalk, which is really good. And then also uh, the Coalstone Creamery at Universal City Walk. And I gotta say, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. And the novelty there is that they actually, you choose your ice cream, and then you choose your sauce or top. and they fold those into the ice cream. And I thought nah, it's just a gimmick, but oh man, I gotta say it was it was one of the best ice creams I've ever had. <laughs> it's Coldstone Creamery.
1: No. No, I've never done it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I love Coldstone Creamery. Yeah, yeah it is awesome. good.
1: I mean, I,
3: like I said, I, I thought it was just like a bit of a novelty, but we really did enjoy it. Definitely want to go back. Uh, so, what else? Um, when we were there, you had the Flower and Garden Festival at Epcot. Um, it's like a mini food and wine. So, you've got you've got the little stalls around uh, World Showcase Lagoon, some really nice food, particularly Canada, fantastic scallops. Um, but not it doesn't have anything like the crowds. I mean, it, it isn't as big either. But still, there's a fair number of countries and booths, okay. and it's a nice atmosphere. So it is a good choice because when we went in October, I was just we hadn't been during food and wine for such a long time, and I was just amazed at how busy it was. And you know, I thought I thought May was actually really good. The weather was similar to October so apart from one big storm we didn't see any rain temperatures about 92 most days and crowds were pretty reasonable apart from um people seeing either the last wishes or the new firework show yeah. so that made the magic kingdom pretty busy and then the weekend before the animal uh, before Pandora opened up there were a lot of people in the animal kingdom uh, but apart from that Crowds were pretty busy, and you could still get most fast passes on the day. So, apart from mind Train and Soarin', uh, you could get pretty much, you know, any other fast track. Uh, sorry, any other uh, fast pass on the day for Soarin', Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain, etc. So, pretty good. Did um, you
2: try the lavender drink at um, Foreign Garden Festival? No. Oh, what? Is That's that alcohol? No, it. I think it's just like a lavender lemonade. But everybody eats, takes pictures of it all the time.
3: <laughs> no, sorry, Amanda, didn't do that. You should have pinged me a, a message or tried it. But I mean, there there is a lot. We you get like a little um, a little passport, a little book, and it's got all the different drinks and foods from the different stalls. And you you'd need to go some to try them all in in two and a half weeks. You know there's quite a few uh let's see what else do we do so new stuff i mean uh big thunder mountain obviously isn't new but it was down the last time we went so we managed to ride that quite a few times um let's see uh animal kingdom we saw the rivers of light show for the first time thought it was thought it was good thought it was clever um, didn't think it. It didn't sort of grip us, you know. I mean, it didn't have the impact of wishes or phantasmic or um, eliminations. But it was, it was good and with that plus the tree of light show plus Pandora, you know, you've now got a park that is, you know, a day and a nighttime park. I uh, just think they could probably the ante a little bit on the Rivers of Light show but it is very clever and well done uh, we, we obviously talked about the fireworks show we, I did actually get to see it a second time before we left and i got to say it, it, I thought it was good the first time we saw it, I thought it was even better second time so I, I do think they've done a cracking job of it and um, it's a really clever use of fireworks plus lighting plus music plus their uh, projection mapping. Um, we saw Star Wars fireworks for the first time, which completely blew me away. I thought it was fantastic. I'd like uh, to see. I've and not, then not obviously seen Pandora. it yet. I've not
1: seen it yet, mm-hmm. but I would like to see how it compares with the Paris show um, when they yeah. Disney, Star Wars fireworks, because I'm not sure if it it's the same show um, on a right. building or if it is, um, you know, Quite different. I'd imagine they must be fairly similar, but uh, yeah. If anyone mm-hmm. has seen it, let us know. Yeah,
3: yeah I mean, I I just really impressed by. It. I thought it was, I thought it was very clever. Well done, fantastic music. You know, we got a prime position right between the two big towers in front of the Chinese Theatre, and you know when the music starts up, it it's kind of you know it's big, it's loud, mm. um, and you know all of the family including Kerry. Kerry's kind of, you know, five out of 10 Star Wars fan. She's not, you know, she's not, um, she's not you over the top. Yeah. She's not like hardcore, but she loved it. She thought it was great. Uh, so really good. Uh, and that, I think that's one thing I would say, and it's kind of interesting because there was, I picked up something today that there's going to be a new Harry Potter nighttime show at Universal. And, you know, that is an area that Disney is way ahead of Universal. You know, you look at Fantasmic, uh, Happily Ever After, plus then you've got the, I forget what it's called now, the the castle show that's right after Happily Ever After, the projection one. And then you've got Illuminations, to some extent Rivers of Light. I mean, you know, every partner has got at least one, if not two, Nighttime spectacular shows, and uh, given the movie properties that Universal have got, you know they should be they should be up in their game there. So it sounds like maybe they are with the Harry Potter light show that's coming.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah. Um, what else? Obviously, we did get to see Pandora, mm-hmm. and you know we we talked about that quite a bit, but just. I did want to say again, you know, just how good that Flight of Passage ride is. It is amazing. Uh, I thought it was just breathtaking, you know.
1: Um, it's quite funny you say that because when, I mean, obviously Pandora has now officially opened just after you left, which was good mm-hmm. timing for you. Um, yeah. Now, before the ride opened, and it was been in the soft previews, I've heard very mixed things about the attraction. And mm-hmm. before Guardian's Mission Breakout opened in California... And it yeah. was in soft opening, there was some very mixed reactions to that as well, or yeah. even poor reactions to both attractions. Actually, not just mixed. And yet mm-hmm. now both attractions are fully open. I see mm-hmm. hardly any negative stuff at all. So I don't know if um, right. it, things have improved in that soft opening period yeah. or not. Um, but now both attractions are open. Both of them seem to be, uh, you know, really getting full of praise. Yeah,
3: I mean I would say, well, we know that there were they were having some technical problems the week before we, we saw it. Uh, they told us that the boat ride was definitely going to be running, but, um, uh, the flight ride, maybe, maybe not. But the day that we experienced it, we didn't see any issues. Um, and then also, I think if you don't like confined spaces, um, it's not a confined space, but when the, uh, the sort of barrier or the restraints come behind your leg and behind your back. That that might concern some people. And then, as I think I said in the recording I did, if you've if you've got motion sickness, it could be a ride that will cause you some some trouble. Um, we did we did ride it with a, a couple, and the guy normally takes Dramamine for rides like Sorin. And I thought, oh dear, you're in trouble here. And uh, he was. Because he, it's funny, when you come off one of those banshees, you're supposed to be blue, but he was actually green. So <laughs> I thought, well, I ain't right. Um, but he didn't actually spill his lunch, so that was okay.
1: That's good. That's good.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, that, that has actually been an issue with the, the attraction, is that yeah. um, people have been, certainly during soft opening, people were being ill. And that will yeah. be causing them to have to close the ride down for certain so right. reasons, um, causing delays. Yeah. But I've not heard so much since it's it's now fully yeah. open anyway.
3: Hmm. Yeah. So I think if you if you like soaring, then you'll love this, and it is more intense. Uh, just really good. Um. What else? We we did a few new restaurants. I gotta say. Uh, you know, we saw Disney Springs the last time we were there so six months ago, but it's continued to improve, and they've done a really nice job at Disney Springs. I mean, I, I know it's shopping and restaurants, so it's not a theme park, but that new central area—they've um, just, they just the the feel of it, you know, the, the quality of it, it, it is quite upmarket, and they've got some nice little pieces of entertainment going on i mean i posted a video about the uh the strolling piano which which just cracked me up you know i just thought god only in america but um they got some live performers Uh, there's a guy called don black who's really good um and it's just got a nice feel but one thing uh, i would say is we tried a couple of the new restaurants we tried deluxe burger which is which is like a, a counter service, but it's a bit more upmarket. Um, they got they haven't got a huge menu, and it's it's burgers, but they've got a couple of different kinds. And then uh, right beside that, you've got Blaze Pizza, which is the same. It's a it's a counter service. Um, create your own pizza, and they have got salads and a few other things. Fantastic pizza, best pizza I've tasted in Disney World, hands down. Wow. So we ate there twice, we ate in deluxe burger twice, both times, really good food, um, nice uh, environment, nice setting, you can sit outside on tables by the water, and it's pretty cheap really, I mean a, a pizza worth as many toppings as you want was nine ninety-five, and the burgers were about $10, 10 11 $12, and they've actually got a deal where if there's two of you, um, you, you can get burgers and fries and drinks for for less money. Um, and then also in that area you've got chef Art Smith's and, and we ate there and that was that was really good as well. But one thing we, we thought we saw was just maybe a trend towards more upmarket quick service dining um, because there was, there were those restaurants that I've just talked about. But then the ABC commissary in the studios, that's got a separate evening menu, which includes things like steak, and uh, you order your food, and they you get like a, a buzzer or a flag, and then they bring the food to your table, and they've got napkins, and, and it's actually plastic cutlery, but it's it's silver plastic cutlery, um, and then the new restaurant in Pandora is is got real cutlery, and I thought the food was a little bit more on market, so it's almost like Disney's trying to up its game a little bit on the quick service food, uh, which I thought was an interesting trend as well.
1: Hmm. Yeah, which, I, mean, so, anyway, I think that might, yeah, might paint the dining dining plan a bit more, because I'm sure there's a statistic that said that if you, and obviously you'll get more of an idea when you get around to doing your receipts, but... I think unless you're dining at the higher-end counter-service places or, um, you know, deluxe restaurants, there's you don't mm. really ever make your money back on the dining plan, what it costs, what you yeah. actually pay out, and you end up either with a load of snack credits you don't use or just overeating because you paid for it. Yeah. Um, so it would be interesting if the reason for that change and that kind mm. of switch to these new kind of concepts is... To make the dining plan seem more worthwhile.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, based on based on the first couple of days when I did actually total up the receipts, it, it didn't look like there was much in it from a cost point of view. It looked like the dining plan was was fairly good value for money, and I think part of that also is the costs have gone up. So to buy a counter service uh, meal, um, they were they were kind of. 13 15 dollars just for the main course and then you've got to buy a drink on top of that mm. and you know from the uk i think the dining plan was 42 pounds which uh i guess in today's money is what about 46 no, 48 something like that uh main courses in a table service restaurant uh you know low-cost one is probably low 20s up to mid-30s. Yep. So it doesn't actually take much in a day to get up to that sort of $46, $48 per day range. Um, but it, and, and there is a bit more flexibility now because you you don't need to take the dessert at lunch. You get an extra snack instead of that, which I think most people um, are, are liking so uh it's uh i don't know i I think the dining plan is a relatively good option uh i think it's actually but that may be because the cost to buy the food has actually gone up and the dining plan maybe hasn't gone up quite as much so that that was kind of the highlights of the trip fantastic trip really enjoyed it um um, we did go Universal. We did uh, a day at Universal, uh, so we we tried to hit both parks. And I got to say that we did quite well, really. Um, crowds were were low. Uh, we went on a Monday, I think, uh, and uh, you know we got straight on Kong. Um, we we rode a Forbidden Journey, then we jumped on the Hogwarts Express to the. Studios Park. Uh we rode the new Jimmy Fallon rides, Amanda. Did you love it? I I liked it. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I did like it. But then I I don't know all of the in jokes. Aww. So I I you know we, we when we lived in the States we used to watch, you know, those late night talk show programmes, but we haven't watched for god knows how long. But I thought it was I thought it was good I thought it was quite clever and quite funny. One thing I really liked and it was the was the live entertainment as part of the ride. Yeah. You know, the singers. Uh, what are they called? The glamorous girls or something?
2: The ragtime girls.
3: Right, something like that. <laughs> Even though it's men. Uh but and and that was something I wanted to say. I don't know if you noticed this, but we certainly noticed a lot of more live entertainment in, in the studios, uh Universal yeah. Studios in particular. Uh-huh. Uh
2: like it was something that I wanted to bring up on on the next episode of Universal After mm. Dark, but there was definitely a lot more presence of live entertainment. Like yeah. definitely,
3: yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just it just jumped out. It was okay. That one was a little bit different because it was integrated into the Jimmy Fallon ride. But there was there were lots of characters walking around. In particular, uh, Beetlejuice was was hanging around the Halloween Horror Nights. It's strange
2: uh, that you show. say that because usually yeah. I'm around Beetlejuice all the time, and I didn't see Be- Beetlejuice one time, and I was there all day, every day for nine days, and I didn't see Beetlejuice once. <laughs>
3: yeah, no, he was there, he was there the whole time, but sometimes he was inside the show in the in the pre-show area, and he actually had a big, uh, it was like a throne there, and and that was where you could get your photograph taken. Um, but then sometimes he was outside dancing, trying to get people to come in. But he was there the whole day, and we saw a couple of different live bands and lots of characters. And I'm sure I'm missing something, but but yeah, just just lots of live entertainment, which I think is fantastic. And I, I definitely think Disney made a mistake when they when they cut costs and took some of that out of the parks. And I would yeah. love to see them put that back in again. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, great. Can heartily recommend me as a time to go, and I can heartily recommend uh, Coronado Springs. I wish I could heartily recommend Advantage Car Hire, but no, definitely not. We had a we had an incident, quite a serious incident actually. Thankfully, well, um, some...
1: thankfully other car mm-hmm. hire places are available. But what happened, Paul? Yeah,
3: uh, well we we picked up this car. It'd only done six thousand miles. We had it for about a week. I mean, we we took a fairly long trip in it uh, a couple of days before we had the problem. We, we went down to Venice and Sarasota, and um, then we we noticed this warning light came on, and it was a fairly innocent-looking light. And we pulled out the book, the handbook, and it just said it was something to do with the emission system. Um, but it, it didn't seem to be anything particularly serious. And then uh, I'd moved the car at one point and my daughter had noticed some oil under it and we happened to be uh, away from the resort. and We were in the middle of Orlando at the time. And so I decided to pop the hood or the, the, the bonnet, as we would say in England, and just check the oil level in case in case there had been some kind of leak. And when I popped the hood... Uh the the oil filler cap was off and was at the front of the car, so whoever had filled up or serviced the car had left the oil filler cap all off. And the all of the oil that had been in the engine was all over the engine compartment. It was absolutely drenched in oil. And when I checked the dipstick, there was nothing in the engine, nothing left and no no warning light. You know, no oil pressure warning, i let you come on. So I phoned up Advantage, and they said, oh, yeah, that's fine. We'll send somebody up with some oil, and we'll get you going again. I said, there is no way I'm driving this car anywhere. Um, You need to get a tow truck here, and I want another car. And they said, okay, fine. Eventually, they agreed, and I made them promise that they would send the replacement car, and then they would arrange the tow truck later to come and get the car because we had lunch reservations we had fast passes my daughter was working that night and it was about 95 degrees and we were in the blazing in the blazing sun anyway three hours later the replacement car arrives on the back of the tow truck and the airport's 25 minutes away from from where we were and boy was i mad so i got on my soapbox nick and uh and give him a bit of abuse for that (laughs) so if anybody from Advantage is listening um, you owe me big time and and to be honest you suck there you go
1: (laughs) that's the spirit
3: yeah (laughs) so no not impressed funny thing is when when we took the car back the second car when we took that back to the airport as we pulled in a woman pulled in behind us and she said I've just picked this car up I took it out on the freeway, and it was vibrating and shaking, and I'm bringing it back. So, not a great, not a great advertisement there.
1: No, not at all.
3: For uh, for a company uh, that has a name that suggests the that ahead of everybody else, put it that way.
1: Well, you don't go for someone. You know, you you wouldn't buy something from a, a company called Crapper, would you? No. Yeah, Unless it's it a toilet, but you know. <laughs>
3: That's true. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe we were just unlucky. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but, but, uh, still, not, I
3: wasn't, still not good. I wasn't impressed. I won't be using them again. Back to dollar, Almost, <laughs> I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, if only, if only that was their price. If only that was their price. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Amanda. Yes there was um, at least one story. Was it just one story that you wanted to talk about? Or was it a a couple of things you wanted to talk about? I can't remember now.
2: Um, There's two things that I want to talk about. And there's another thing that Paul wants to talk about too. Um, But Disney pulled a sneaky surprise on Friday. Mm. And they... I know, it was super sneaky. They launched a new projection show at Hollywood Studios that is... Just before Star Wars Galactic Spectacular. Um, and it's oh. called Disney Movie Magic.
1: See, I thought we replaced it. So it's, unlikely no, it's... it's a lightning to show.
2: Yeah, so it's yeah. on. I think it's about 30 minutes before that they show it, and the show's on for about 10 15 minutes ish. Um, so I guess it's kind of trying to draw the crowd in for Star Wars Spectacular. But. This is all centred around the live-action films. So it's things like Mary Poppins, um, Tron, Beauty and the Beast, Indiana Jones, and I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit as well, and Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Please playing with a
3: Blimey, Governor.
2: <laughs> I know. So it looks super, super cool. And mm-hmm. it was created by my super talented friend and his team, James Michael Roddy. So that's super cool.
3: Yeah.
2: And I've watched some videos of it on YouTube and it looks absolutely awesome.
3: I'm just gutted that they started it like the day after we left.
2: I know. Like literally nobody had any idea. They just did an announcement over the he was in the park. Like, hey, there's going to be a show at like nine.
3: Yeah.
2: Gather round. And that was the first anybody knew of it.
3: One thing I found a bit odd, but I guess I, I think I can explain why, but Phantasmic starts at 9, and Star Wars fireworks start at 9.30, so you, you can't really do Phantasmic and then get to the Star Wars fireworks in time, and I guess my theory for that was they've done that deliberately to try and keep the crowd busy, spread the crowd, because Phantasmic was full um, but I did think that it is a little bit unfair because if you're you're only there for say a couple of days and you visit the studios and you've only got one evening at the studios you've either got to choose between Phantasmic or the Star Wars fireworks or you've got to do something that I've never seen done before, which is five or ten minutes before the end of Phantasmick, there's a load of people leaving the show, and I'm sure they're leaving to get to the Star Wars fireworks. Wow. So Hmm. maybe it's a... I don't know. uh, You know, they're, they're trying to manage the crowds. Obviously, that park is in, you know, a bit of a strange condition right now. But that did... Uh, you know, if I was only there for a couple of nights and I had to choose between Fantasmic and Star Wars, that would be tough, because they're both fantastic shows. And now that they've added this other show, it's kind of interesting, because now you can't do that, really. You're going to choose between the movie show and Star Wars or Fantasmic. so this could help, I guess. Do you
2: feel like it's, this is them trying to get people to come back for multiple nights.
3: Could be because you can You obviously even it's now even more obvious that you can't do them both. So you have to come back to the studios, and it is kind of tough because I mean it, it's, it was good for us because we're staying on site. So you know our touring strategy is 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 a bit different. You know we we will quite happily go to a park for a couple of hours in the evening, not a problem. So we'll go back to the studios if we haven't done everything, but if you've got, you know, kind of four-day tickets and you're trying to get, make the most of that, or if you're staying off-site and you're trying to, you know, really pound the parks, it it is quite tough because you have to go back to the studios twice to see both of those shows, but actually the studios is a bit light on rides to go with the shows. So... You know, you've got you got Toy Story, Midway Mania, you got you got Tower of Terror, and you got Rock and Roller Coaster, are your three big ones. I know you've got others like Muppets and things like that, but but do you really have enough rides to justify two full days in a park if you have got that kind of ticket? You know, a non-park hopper ticket. So I don't know. It's um, there was. Uh, There's probably a a segment of the Disney population that might be feeling a little bit, a little bit gypped there.
2: Maybe, but I mean, usually I tend to not like Hollywood Studios is one of my favorite parks anyway, but I don't stay there into the night because I feel like I've seen Fantasmic so many times, nothing's changed about it, so I feel like I don't need to watch it anymore. So I yeah. never stay into the night um, at Hollywood Studios. This would make me stay. So I feel like it could draw in that crowd that, that mm. like has seen Fantastic Ten Tim Raiders right- times. Yeah.
3: I've been but, quite I mean, I guess... harsh. Sorry, Paul.
0: I was going to say I've been quite harsh on the, the Star Wars projections, mm-hmm. certainly. Not so much the fireworks. I wasn't a particular fan of the way they'd done the projections for the for the Star Wars thing, but it seems like they figured out those kinks with mm. this one. I, I sat and watched it at lunchtime. And rather than having the action going on, on the two wings of the the Chinese theatre, they've just got like some background colouring and all the action is in that middle bit now. Whereas with the Star Wars, I felt you were losing a lot of it because of what was in front of that, in front of the theatre, the, mm. the palm trees and, the two signs, right smack bang on either side, um, and I, I, I was quite harsh about it. I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush, but this time they seem to have, to have figured it out. And, and for me, and alongside the other thing we're going to talk about in a minute, this is exactly what Hollywood studios is. You're meant to feel like you were in those movies, or behind the scenes on those movies. And these, mm. these two new, new things seem to have got that exactly right for me.
3: Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm, I'm really pleased about that. That they're, that they do seem to be, even though they may not be sticking purely with the original, you know, 1920s Hollywood theme, they are sticking with a movies theme, which is, which I think is great.
2: Exactly. And it is a really cool looking show. Usually I'm not really big on projection shows, but I sat and watched this on Saturday on YouTube, obviously not in real life. And you can tell that they've put so much work into it. It looks perfect. It's so stunning to see it on the Chinese theatre. Everything works really well together. All the clips work really well together. The music's fantastic. I love it. I can't wait to see it.
3: Yeah. Yep. Are we going to talk Guardians of the Galaxy or not?
2: Oh, right. Okay.
1: Because
3: I've got, I just wanted to see something at some point.
1: So. Hang on, hang oh. on. Before we get on to Guardians oh. of the Galaxy talk, that oh. reminds us that our um, one of our other shows in the After Dark podcast network is called Strike, who have got a Guardians of the Galaxy two special. We have,
0: yep, uh, released this evening. In fact, um, it it's a little bit different to what we normally do. We've all recorded separately. Oh, um, because we weren't all available at the same time. Craig on his shift work, obviously, why well, he's not here tonight. Uh, Josh is doing his exams at the moment, so he's not even included in this episode. He didn't get round to
1: even seeing the film. Excuse, um, he's bloody Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah and exams and do them again.
0: Yeah, and myself, I was away at the weekend, so it's all being recorded separately and and put in together as as one episode. So. You so I've not actually listened stream, to it yet. You? No, we haven't been crossing any streams. Thank God for that. So I've not actually listened to it yet. I recorded my bit this evening and just added the other two together, and I haven't had a chance to listen listen to the other two reviews. So I'll be listening to that tomorrow as well.
1: And once you've listened to that, you can listen to this. So am I right in thinking, Amanda, this is about Mission Breakout and its associated um... parts?
2: Yeah, well, kind of. I'll get to that second. But first, I actually watched Guardians of the Galaxy. One or two? One. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go and see two at the cinema this week. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I really loved it. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was going to be really into it. But honestly, I absolutely loved it. So as soon as I finished watching it, I went and watched a ride through of Mission Breakout because I thought, usually I like to avoid ride spoilers, mm. but I thought I'm probably not going to go to California anyway so I'm going to watch it. And I know that I was like really down on what they were doing but it looks really cool.
1: Oh, it, it looks phenomenal. I mean, I think, was it last Thursday when the footage started coming out? They'd obviously just yeah. opened it and um, I think Paul, you, I think, did you yeah. send us through the Rocket Raccoon? Yeah. On it? I oh, mean, phenomenal. I mean, the so Rocket, I love
2: Rocket. He's my favourite character.
1: Oh, I mean, sod. We well, haven't seen Guardians Volume Two. You'll change your mind. But um, oh. <laughs> no, he's still he's still good. But what I mean is, is that other characters you might prefer <coughs> more in the second one. Um, but Paul, I mean, I know you've seen the Pandora, the famous Pandora animatronic, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But the Rocket Raccoon animatronic, I think, is amazing. It, it bloody runs yeah, around the I room. Can, well, that as well. Yeah.
3: I've seen the I've seen the video and it, it does look incredible. Mm. Um I got a couple of other things to say though. So
1: oh.
3: Um are you ready for it? Bring it. <laughs> okay. Well I got a couple of things to say. So the first thing is the Rocket Raccoon animatronic does look amazing. I, I don't know how it compares in real life to the Avatar one. I don't think it matters. They're both they're both amazing, so great. Big tick there. Um, we did actually have a family of raccoons that were outside our hotel room uh, but I'm afraid I called them Miko, or we, we named them Miko, which wasn't very original you know, we should have probably gone for Rocket, I can actually vouch for the fact though that raccoons like NYPD pizza they, they eat a lot of it usually straight out of the bin um, but in terms of the, the ride itself, that the thing I wanted to say, right, was you know, it's great that Guardian of the Ga- like Galaxy is done really well, the movie's done really well, that's fantastic. Um, and I'm glad the raid seems to be uh, well received at California, but don't touch my fucking Tower of Terror at, at Florida. Okay, I
2: so much agree. I really like the film, I really like the California one, but no, don't touch Orlando to And and I
3: gotta say, right, I looked at it with different eyes or not different eyes, but refreshed eyes when I went on it this time. And I gotta say, it is a work of art, right? It is the best themed ride in Disney World, bar none. And, And 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 scratch that, it's the best themed ride anywhere is absolutely amazing and it doesn't matter that you that tower um that twilight zone isn't on tv now because when we were there that ride was packed there was lots of kids on it they were screaming their heads off on the ride you don't need to know what the twilight tower is about you get it you know it's a spooky thing Mm. you're in a ride you drop it's dark it's fantastic so don't touch it. Exactly,
2: I feel like it other... works. Even yeah. if you had no idea what Twilight Zone was, mm-hmm. you can kind of you can get the idea of it from from just yeah. the way that the ride's laid out. You don't need yeah. to have ever seen the TV
1: show. But, but the thing fantastic. Is, the thing is, I don't think either of you have been on the other version of the Tower of Terror.
3: Yeah, I've yeah I've been. In, well, I've been on the California one, and I've been on the Paris one, but it doesn't, well, the carriage doesn't come out. Yeah. So, so I'm fine
1: changing Paris, Yep.
3: and, ch- and changing California. Although
1: so. for, for people that haven't been, you lose the yeah. fifth, like what they call the fifth dimension scene in the Twilight Zone ride, right? which I think is one of the things that I like the Paris version. But when you've done the original version with that extra scene. It yeah. just adds so much more to the ride i think and mm-hmm. makes it that bit more special and without it the california one and the paris one lack it and it, that's yeah. that's why that's why i've mentioned it because like you i would have no problem with them going to paris tomorrow changing it uh, i'd, and I'd prefer it ca- that the guardians but leaving magic kingdom yeah. alone
3: i'd prefer that they one. didn't nick if i'm being honest because and here's, and here's the thing, although although the Paris one isn't quite as good as the Florida one, I, I admit that, but it is still a well-themed ride, and it's mm-hmm. a spooky ride, and people like spooky stuff. They love Tower of Terror, and they love uh, The Haunted Mansion. And let's be honest, you know, there are areas in Walt Disney World that need an update. So put a, put a bespoke, you know, Gardens of the Galaxy ride, in, in one of those areas, put it in Epcot, you know, and theme so it thanks. properly. Because I gotta, I gotta say, the outside of the the outside of the California one kind of looks like a Minecraft penis to me. You know what I mean? It looks <laughs> like it's it's a square thing covered in veins. And you know, you know what?
2: Though when I was watching the film and you you saw the collector's building thing mm-hmm. in one of the scenes of the film, I was like, oh yeah, actually, I, I get what they're doing now.
3: Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, okay. it does. that think the big problem is—is is that everyone sees it as looking, as taken away from the aesthetic of the park, which it does. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest: in the next five years, that park is not going to look how it does now. It's the first yeah. stage of the change, and therefore, yeah. at the moment, it looks completely out of place. I get that, but it will not sure. in a few years' time. Um, yeah, and I. I but it's yeah. not
3: right for the studios, or no, at least not that part of the studios I don't in think Florida. It,
1: I. As I think we said before, I would be happy with um, a Guardian's makeover for Rock and Roller Coaster. And I would Mm. be even more happy with a Guardian's attraction replacing Ellen's Energy Adventure. And to be honest, I don't think it needs it. I think there's too much love for the Tower of Terror in in, uh, Hollywood Studios. I don't think it is going to go anywhere. Um, I think it is even if because I mean, the other thing we talked about before is the twilight zone is a license so even if in a few years time they decide they don't want to pay the license fee anymore they can still mm. keep the ride about it being twilight zone that's just a yeah. backstory the ride itself yeah. isn't you know they can adapt it if they need to um sure and still keep it you know they'll have to change a few bits but they can mm-hmm. still keep it pretty much as it is but I would not be happy seeing that one change. As much as I love yeah. the new Guardians overlay that I've seen, mm-hmm. um, and so I said I'd welcome it in Paris. And 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 also, I know you said about spooky stuff, but Phantom Manor is a lot scarier than Haunted Mansion. So we've already got scary yeah. rides in Paris. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, to you too. Um, yeah. <laughs> whoever, whoever. <have laughs> one. But. Um, that was... But yeah, I I would be happy with um, I'd be I'd be okay with it coming to Paris. I'd be happy with it coming to Paris. But yeah, stay out of yeah. the Hollywood studios. That's that's. Uh, I, I I'd like do. to
3: see them. I'd like to see them putting something in, in Epcot. Yeah, I mean you've got Erlen's. You mentioned that, but even Mission Space, you know that that's never done the business that it was supposed to do. No. Um, no. But I, mean, and,
1: and, I can just know, see them, I can see just get rid of that at some point once it's done it's amount of miles it needs to do to you know make their money back on it if it hasn't already yeah. I think they should just scrap it no one no yeah. one ever talks about mission space in a positive way like no. oh I need to do that again when we went the second time we just avoided it just yeah. we just found it a bit boring to be honest yeah yeah,
3: yeah. it's okay but it's, it's never okay. really you know, I was going to say it's never really taken off but <laughs> Go us, I'm not... yeah
1: well, I'm glad you finally got around to seeing Guardians of the Man, because, I mean, um, my wife was like you, she didn't want to go and sit at the cinema with me, and, you know, as we discussed before, she's obsessed with Guardians of the Galaxy, it's her favourite Marvel film, the only one she's watched numerous times, um, so I'm glad that you've you've watched it, and uh, yeah. enjoyed it.
2: I loved it, honestly, I put it on and I was like, I'm going to have to watch this, because everyone's just going to be talking about the second one, and I not what they're talking about, and I really thought that I wasn't gonna like it, and or I thought maybe I like it just because I've got a crush on Chris Pratt. But
1: who doesn't? I,
2: honestly, but I know exactly. But I loved everything about it. I was like, I can't believe it's taken me this long to watch this. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to go to the cinema this week, and I'm going to watch the second it's, one.
1: It's definitely worth it. And then of course you can download the episode I recorded with my friend a few weeks ago uh, and listen to us talk about it for an hour. Uh, and then download Strike and you get, you know, all these people talking about Guardians to you. It'd be wonderful. Exactly. Um, I, I watched
3: I watched Ant-Man at the weekend again. hmm And when we were there, we were in the uh, Honey, I Shrunk the oh. Audience theatre mm. and they're using it for Pixar shots now, which is actually quite good. It's better than I expected because they, they use some of the effects from the, uh, it's 3D and they use some of the effects from the Honey I Shrunk the Audience show, but, you know, Disney should do something with that fear. And and to me, I mean, you think about Honey I Shrunk the Audience and Ant Man, I mean, there's there's got to be a relatively easy, relatively quick, relatively cheap attraction they could put in there, for example.
1: Well, they have, haven't they? Because um, haven't they replaced, or aren't they replacing Buzz Lightyear with that in Hong Kong? Oh. Yes. Ah, okay. So there is, there yeah, is like best, a best. Men in Black, Buzz Lightyear style Ant-Man attraction. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, I reckon that, that, that might be what they do. Um, yeah. I th- to be honest, I think any Marvel property is probably too good to be stuck in that little theatre to do it justice. I know what you're saying, Paul, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think they'll probably go down an actual attraction route rather than a, a movie route in there.
3: Um, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a big pavilion, hmm. you know, because you've got figment in there and then you've got all the, what do you call them, the imagination works upstairs. There's a lot of space in that pavilion. And if they kept the shell of it, it's very futuristic. It's got the, the waterfall that goes uphill and all that, you know, it looks amazing at night. So I'd like to see them do something with that building. But uh, There's a big show building that goes behind that, I think. It's, uh, it could take quite a big attraction. There you go, Disney. Put something in there.
1: <laughs> now, speaking about Disney putting stuff in places, P-dubs. Yes. Uh, finally, the first uh, first look at Toy Story Land.
0: It's only taken them a year. We now have a roller coaster. That's the first thing that's gone in. Bizarrely is the track. <laughs> Nothing else. It's just everything else is just flat land at the moment except for this bright red roller coaster track or uh the Slinky Dog coaster.
1: So what I think is interesting, because I rose it off originally as being the Paris version transferred over or uh it's also in Hong Kong, isn't it? The same land there. But it look well, it is a different a different ride for Slinky Dog. Yeah, so, it's not just a round round track. Yes, yeah, so is it a little bit like the barnstormer or something? Yes, that that's
0: of... what it looks like.
1: Yeah. Mm,
0: mm, okay. So, but that's more. It's fun. a start.
3: God, yeah. I hope it's longer than the barnstormer because we <laughs> we did that this time for the first time because it was empty. There wasn't a queue for it, and we did it. And honestly, if you if you queue for three minutes for the <laughs> barnstormer, that's three times longer than the ride. <laughs> right. So, God, I hope Slinky's longer than the Boundstormer. Gosh.
0: It did look like it was longer. There's some some twists and turns on it, so that's a plus.
3: Good.
1: <laughs> what was that? I thought, I thought it was going to be more to that. Yeah, um, that's literally it. <laughs> there there is it. a track put in. <clears throat> yeah, that is literally it. There's
0: nothing else in that land yet, but it is. It's due to open next summer, I
3: believe. Hmm. Be... Talking about Toy Story. Hmm. There was something else that Disney slipped in, wasn't
1: there? Was there?
3: We talked. Well, yeah, we talked about the we talked about the movie show at the Chinese theater but they've slipped yeah. in a Toy Story show yeah.
2: in the
3: Beauty and the Beast there as well last week. Is it week. a
2: sing-along show?
3: No, I don't think it is a sing-along no, show.
0: It's, they've got a live orchestra yeah. playing the music from the Pixar films, and to and introduce then, each character, they have, like a, have the director of the, the film and, and the conductor, the composer, talk about each bit of, well, each film, and then the characters come out and introduce it.
3: Oh. Yeah. looks well, quite good as a little you know add on
1: thing my friends saw the um the live frozen show they have in um i think it's um california adventure i'm sure that's where it's based yeah um and uh, they sing said, along one yeah and they said it was terrible so it was terrible um and what was kind of weird about it as well, though not the reason why they hated it, obviously because they're not that they're not UKIP supporters, is um, Anna was Chinese, Elsa was, uh, was she African American?
0: Yeah.
1: Or yeah. And Hans was African American as well, and it just seemed a bit odd.
3: Hmm. Well, I'm, given the story, yeah.
1: That's what I mean. Like the thing is, like I think you know. There was a little bit of uproar when they did the Harry Potter um, play, and they had Hermione played by a black woman. But it's you know it was never kind of distinguished what any of the characters were really in terms of of ethnicity. But in a no. on a production based on you know seventeen eighteen hundreds Norway, there probably mm. wasn't that many uh, Chinese people or black people there at the time. Wouldn't thought so. So it's uh yeah, It's a bit odd. But yeah, I think it was just one of those. Just like they said, the singing wasn't particularly good either, and it just felt a little bit done on the cheap. She said it's almost like when you see those tribute shows advertised with like the Ice Princess instead of like <clears throat> Anna and Elsa. Um, it yeah. kind of felt like that it didn't feel uh, real. But that, uh, that
3: does sound a bit different from the Frozen sing along show at the Hollywood Studios. Because it was, you know, the characters looked like the characters in the film. So mm. we, having resisted it for two or three trips, we finally decided, oh, let's go and we've a Frozen sign-along show. And i, and I got to say, it was, it was quite fun. It, but it depends on the audience. So if the audience are really into it, there was a huge group of teenage kids that were just letting it rip, you know, while well, they were letting it go. In fact... <laughs> But uh, it it was all right. It was okay. It's quite good.
1: Right well, is that it? Have we come to the end? <laughs> I believe this, so. Ah. This is the end. This is the end. Yeah, that, this is the last episode of After Dark. Um, well, no, hopefully not. But um, yeah, we've um, there was. I'm not going to talk about it because it it might interfere. But um, there was a. Uh, how to describe it A um, there was quite a, a controversial post that's probably doing it right about Disneyland Paris that went viral this week mm. on a few, around the UK and uh, we have reached out to the author of that article uh, to uh, to come on and discuss it um, which is being considered so we might have that on an upcoming show so I don't want to talk too much about that um, at the end of this episode I am going to uh, do a little rant about a Facebook group, um, which uh, yeah, which, uh, hopefully it's intrigued you because uh, it should be quite interesting. It's a bit of an expose that I'm working on. So um, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, the thing is, I was going to do this now with everyone, but to be honest, yeah, I, yeah, I want to know the goss now. Well, you will hear the goss because the thing is, if I it's gonna it's probably gonna bore people like whilst recording but it probably uh, hopefully it will be quite entertaining when I actually talk about it so I'm going to record it after we finish talking tonight and I'm going to insert it into the show so uh, if that's not a reason exactly if that's not a reason to continue listening after uh, we say goodbye (laughs) then nothing will do Um, but yeah basically I'm trying to expose a scam that's, that's what's going on, so that should be quite interesting. But, um, I'm so excited.
3: <laughs> it's like the little things you get at the end of the, the Marvel movies, you've got to weep
1: through the credits. That's right, that's right. Little stinking. Oh, for you. wait,
2: speaking of that, right, I spent the entire time I was watching Guardians of the Galaxy, like, where the hell is Baby Groot? Where the hell is he? <laughs> Honestly, the whole entire time, I was like, have I missed it? Have I blinked? Like, where is he? And then at the very end, in the credits, I'm like, "Yes, Baby Groot."
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Baby Groot baby is causing me to echo. Baby Groot is uh, is one of the standouts of the second film, but uh, yeah, Groot, Star Lord, uh, Drax, Rocket—they're um, more standouts for me, I think, than mm-hmm. almost anyone else. So and you'll have a blast. Like, I, you know, I, I don't think anyone's really slacked off Guardians too. It's just, I'm excited. I cried.
2: At, I cried at the beginning of Guardians, and I cried at the end of Guardians.
1: Are you? Are you going 2D or 3D? Um.
2: Well, right. I don't understand why every single film that comes out now is
1: 3D. It's not.
2: Well, I feel like it is.
1: Yeah. Not everything. I mean, like Fast and the Furious is still 2D in most countries. But um, I feel
2: like it would have had a 3D in there
1: somewhere. Oh, it is in China. Like nearly every film that comes out in China is, is that's the, the way
2: days. that film feel we're going like no. when you when you guys were talking about pirates before i had no idea that pirates was even ever going to be in 3d
1: the last one was as well Pirates 4 was in 3d
2: i'm going to go 2d
1: okay i mean i did i only saw it in imax 3d in imax 3d it was stunning but um again i think there's a difference between seeing a film in imax and seeing a film in a regular cinema Uh, (laughs) and it does make a difference to 3D as well so uh, as much as I like 3D I've got a 3D TV and I've got a really good setup. I've got the lighting just right everything looks good quite often when I went to Pirates Estate it was horrible it was one of the worst 3D experiences I'd seen for quite a while until about halfway through the film when I I realised my glasses were a little bit dirty Um, I hadn't cleaned them properly before I left the house um, and that's why the film was as dark as it was I wanted to blame the cinema, and it actually turned out to be my glasses. But um, but that does happen. So I think unless you know the cinema you're going to quite well and know what their 3D presentations are like, I, I would not always go to see a 3D film at the cinema, personally. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it was it was good in 3D. But I mean, you, you'll enjoy it anyway. It Doesn't matter how you see it. It's you know, it's a good film.
2: I'm excited. Yeah
1: cool well on that bombshell we'll leave it there so we've already got something to listen, look forward to on the next show a man is a your guardians too if you're not really sick of it <laughs> mm-hmm. um and um yeah we'll, we'll see you all soon i believe there's another universe of dark coming up there will be yes yes so you can listen out for that and we will see you good people uh in, in about a week's time um Except for the people that are gonna continue listening to this after I finish talking when you'll hear the next bit of the show. So goodbye. You need Bye. to put a
3: whole long list of credits in Nick, before you get to your soapbox bit. I
1: might just... I might play the Men Behaving Badly thing too like Boniface uh, Bunnyface used to do. Dun 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 So as I hinted Uh, Just a couple of seconds ago, there was something I wanted to talk about. and The reason why I'm doing this alone and without the other co-hosts is they don't really know what this is about. And I didn't feel it was right uh, to kind of get them involved in this uh, and also listen to me discuss it when they've got no kind of basis. So I I figured that if I did this on my own, no one else is affected. um, You know, to blame kind of on me uh, and that's fine I can live with that Um, so um, what I wanted to talk about was there's lots of Disney Facebook groups we have a Facebook group um, many podcasts do there are lots of different uh, Facebook groups for Disney communities of different Disney parks and Disney interests and films and whatever. And one of these ones that I was in uh, and had a huge membership, about 18,000 or so, was a group called Disney World Junkies. Now, I'm in quite a few Disney groups. I don't always, if I'm honest, pay too much attention to everything that's going on. Um, I just kind of pick up on things that pique my interest, like news stories or rumors or things like that. Um, But, yeah, I was in this group... um, And it's not the group itself that I've got an issue with. It's actually the creator of the group, uh, a guy called Frank Goodman. Um, Now, let me be blunt. This guy does not live up to the name. He's not a good man. Um, As I said, this group's got 1,000 members, but it's it's not all what it seems. Um, I discovered a few weeks ago uh, a Facebook group called Disney World Junkies for the Band. Now I was in the Disney World Junkies group and I was intrigued how a group of band members from another group could have thousands of people in it as well. So just out of morbid curiosity, uh, I joined. Um, so going back to Disney World Junkies, Frank has created this illusion that Disney World Junkies is a massive community um, and to kind of pledge your support, you should buy one of its t-shirts. And this is where things kind of get weird. You see, he wouldn't advertise how much the t-shirts were. You had to ask him for prices. He wouldn't send you an invoice. He would ask you to pay friends and family to his son's PayPal account. Now, for those that don't know and don't use PayPal, you can either pay for goods and services or friends and and family. Uh, If you're paying for friends and family, you pay all the, the PayPal fees, but also it's seen as a private transaction almost like a bank transfer whilst you pay for goods and services there's a contract between who you send the money to and the person receiving the money and remember that part because that's going to come in important in a little bit um now the t-shirts were ridiculous in what he would be charging because this was all being done in facebook messenger so there was no publicized prices there is now if you join the group now he does have his prices up um but before it, it was almost like everyone was being charged different amounts and i know this because in the disney world band group people are more than happy then to show each other the messages they were having uh, before they got banned uh, by him uh, of what these prices were um and they were all over the place. And, and on top of that, it was a shipping charges. He would be charging people twenty dollars to ship a t-shirt in country. Now I know friends that live out in America, and they're paying maybe seven to ten dollars tops to send a few t-shirts in a small package across the country. Uh, and here he is charging over twenty dollars, forty dollars to can uh, to Canada for one person as well. Um, if you spoke to him expressing interest in buying one of his t-shirts, he would, you know, kind of be entertained by that. But as soon as you kind of decided that you weren't going to go forward um, or you weren't happy about something, he'd just block you. He'd block you and he'd take you out the group. He's just a very, very odd thing to do. Now, I've seen these conversations and there's no madness or anything, you know, untoward there. There was no kind of aggression from the people he was having contact with, it was just as if, as soon as he knew they weren't going to buy his products, they were gone. Again, that's that's quite important for later on. Um, so I've been shown dozens and dozens of these uh, messages. Um, he's now charging about $26 plus shipping and handling for a shirt. Now These are just single-colour T-shirts with a single-colour print on them. You know, I know that it doesn't cost that much in America to print a T-shirt. So, you know, he's clearly um, trying to rip people off if you just looked at that element of it. Um, And he also charges Florida tax as well. Um, Yet, I don't think, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, but I don't think you can actually declare tax on a friends and family payment from PayPal. So I think that's just another thing that he's adding on top. Um, He also advertises sales nearly every day. Always limited time offers, buy now, extra discounts. Basically, he's the DFS of Facebook admins. Other people would place an order and get half the order or maybe get nothing at all. If you message him to complain, then you were blocked. If you complain to PayPal as you paid friends and family, you couldn't raise a complaint. Basically, you were swindled and screwed. The creator of the band group uh, did so because he was hearing of some of these issues and decided to do some investigating. And it turned out that this wasn't the only shady scheme that he had been involved in. Um, Previously, in New York and New Jersey, he was a wrestling promoter who had also been accused of scamming the talent and was effectively run out of town. Uh, And by the way, feel free to Google him uh, and wrestling. So Frank Goodman and wrestling. Um, There's forum threads and, and all sorts where people have kind of called him up on his actions so you know everything i'm saying is pretty much in the public domain i'm not saying anything that's you know unto as far as i'm concerned um so he started getting evidence about him um and frank had got wind of this so he started coming up with these stories of him stalking him and uh, sending people to his house and he tried to get restraining order out on him even though in his claim to the uh, i don't know how it's done in america it's the police or the court or whatever he'd admitted that they'd never met and never actually made any kind of contact but he managed to get a hearing in court the problem is that frank didn't know where this guy lived but could see where he worked so he contacted his employer and got the paper sent to him and then was fired from his job yet when the uh, the court case happened it was thrown at due a lack of evidence the judge ruling he had done nothing wrong He'd managed to get a man fired from his job and yet it's been shown to have done nothing wrong. The reason I'm telling the story is because I hate injustice. Frank is the equivalent of the Church of Scientology. People are drawn in by him until they see the truth. He does live Facebook videos where he attacks anyone who dares question him or anything he does. And I'd had enough. And during one of his last Facebook live videos, he once again accused people of bullying him before saying that Disney Junkies band group takes the piss out of everyone in his group and how bill uh, the guy around the band group uh, has man boobs and kept going on about his appearance in a very weird and strange and creepy way um and how pathetic he was and how people should go after him and, and message him um i just had enough um it was just a lie too far for me because in the band group no one's actually taken a piss out of anybody in the uh, the Facebook uh, the Disney World Junkies group because they were once there and they were sucked into it. So they feel pity for people in that group. But there's no insulting going on at all. It's a group where people are trying to get together to make somebody aware of the scam that's going on. That's it. But of course, it's also trying to get Frank stopping from upraising in his T-shirt deals. So that's why he's doing it. So I piped up. Um, and I, all I said was that, you know, that's not true. And that, you know, people in that group do not attack members of the other group. Um, and then um, that was that was enough. Uh, Frank had seen my name, uh, had then turned on me and directed the video at, at me, stopped what he was trying to shill, and uh, got everyone to uh, put my name out there and asked members to contact me and uh, attack me and send me messages, which they didn't, Um, but all because I dared stood up against the might of Frank. So, you know, why have I done this? Uh, Like I said, I don't like bullying, and I don't want anyone else to be scammed. If just one person listening to this part of the podcast is awoken by me saying this then it's all worth it he's ruined one guy's life he's ripped off hard-working people to only profit himself people have reported him to disney people report him to paypal but it's obviously not enough and it needs more so if you do believe in this please look for the disney world junkies for the banned and blocked on facebook or, or ask me and i'll add you to the group um and hopefully something can be done because I'd like to think that we all like Disney and we all enjoy Disney. We might have different views of things, but I think we can all agree that nobody likes to be taken for a ride. Nobody likes to feel like they're being bullied. And this guy feels that he can do what he wants. He's an ex-professional wrestler. Sorry, he's an ex-wrestler. He was semi-professional at best. He never made it big anywhere but he feels that he has this almighty power over people and he has some lackeys that hang on every word um but not everyone does and you know really all i want to do is raise awareness of this and like i say just stop you from getting reeled in uh by it all um you know as I said, if one person if just one person it stops them being scammed, then it's worked and that's all I can ask for. Um and if anyone has been affected by this, please um contact our Facebook group, um, send me an e- uh, a message, uh, tweet me, um and, and I'll pass the messages on to uh to Bill, who is, you know, still putting together um evidence to try and, and see if he can get some, some action taken. Um it's not going to be an overnight thing, certainly, but I think it's important that we just try and do anything that we can. Um, so thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah, we'll now finish off the, the podcast with everyone else. Cheers. <laughs> that sounds like in credits. <laughs>
3: he's jumping out of airplanes now.
1: I know. I know.
3: He's been scuba diving. He is definitely. He's, he's, he's James Bond on a budget,
1: is Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely doing yeah. it whilst, whilst killing criminals. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. We miss you, man. All right. Yeah. See, you, uh, see you in about a week's time. Bye Bye-bye. bye now. I'm Mary Poppins, Joe. <laughs> I am great. <laughs> oh, and stay tuned. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to support disaster After Dark and the other After Dark Network podcasts, please visit our website at www.patreon.com forward slash this after dark that's p a t r e o n dot com forward slash this after dark thank you is part of the After Dark Podcast.